Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to episode 15 of It's Black and White, the Derby Telegraph's Derby County podcast. I'm Johnny Bunnell and I'm joined by Chris Watson and Steve Nicholson and uh, I'm delighted to be back. Chaps. Welcome back. Thank you very much. I missed you. Thank you. I uh, enjoyed listening to, to the podcast that you put on, although a few few sly digs in there, Steve. Well, I would say you shouldn't take a hold of the football <laughs> season, should you? I mean, it's unforgivable to, to, to be off during the football season. Uh, although you did bring chocolates back. And I've seen that you brought them in. I brought them in, yeah, because I need to tell I thought it was a jigsaw puzzle at first, but apparently it's chocolate kangaroos and koalas. Typical Australian, yeah. But, but what I will say, and are we allowed to advertise in these podcasts? As long as you say, well, but I wouldn't say any brand names. No, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't. Well, well, the chocolate is available. Well, they yeah, might sponsor well, the chocolate you know, available. Yeah. But I will say for those listening out there, my favourite chocolate is Cadbury's. <laughs> if, if, if anyone you know likes to bring me some Cadbury's chocolate, uh, but you didn't, because you brought, uh, as I say, chocolate kangaroos and koalas. I, I, I give you a tip here. In Australia, where it's rather warm. I wouldn't keep them out in the sun because they seem to have melted. I think they melted in transit, a yeah. bit, didn't they? So, so, yeah. so they kind of we think they're koalas and kangaroos, but they've kind of melted in the box. So we're not quite sure what they are. But uh, tasted all right. Tasted okay. Yeah. Well, you're welcome so, anyway. Very, very welcome and welcome. Next back. time, it's thank just you. A, just a tip. Uh, so, should we should we talk about some football, or are we going to? Not sure. We. I thought we were going to talk about I'm a celebrity. Get me out. Of here. Well, we've just On done the Australian that. theme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've done that. That's our podcast extra, is it not? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I must say, I mean, you know, that kind of walking the plank at 34 stories high, dear me, that's terrifying, isn't it? Right, anyway. Yes. Yeah. I, think Let's, I think we should talk about <laughs> that, to be honest. We can, we can. We'll probably yeah, get a bit more, more listeners. It, yeah. it could be a podcast in its own right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, so let's move on then and uh, talk about the weekend trip to Fulham. Gentlemen, uh, want to start chaps all in all, uh, a good point? I think it has to be. I, I'm never... Very disappointed with, with with the points on the road. I always say that. I always think, though, of course, you, if you back it up with a home win, that's always the key, and that's that's the aim, I'm sure, when Derby play QPR. But I think that's five unbeaten on the road now, uh, two wins and three draws, uh, which is a huge improvement from when we walked out of Ashton Gate in September. Derby had been walloped 4-1, and we wondered at that stage whether we'd be looking over our shoulders rather than upwards. And... Uh, so they've improved their away form since then. They're certainly more resilient on the road, which they had to be. And uh, as I say, a, a point of Craven Cottage. I mean, listen, Fulham aren't the side they were last season when they were free scoring Fulham and, and reached the playoffs. Uh, but they're still a very decent side. And so to go to Craven Cottage and come away with a point has got to be, it's got to be good. Mm. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, the match was on Sky, so a lot of Derby fans who didn't go to the game will have been watching it. And I know there was a few sort of not all, not entirely positive comments into uh, about the performance, but I mean the bottom line is they went behind and they came back again, didn't lose the game, and and these are matches that not so long ago they would they would be losing. Yeah. Um, mm. So the you know the way they're being set up, 
the way they're reacting to these setbacks. There's something that you know. There's some. There's some good things in there, and it was a you know an excellent goal as well. Uh, to earn them a point. Mm. It was. Uh, it, it's strange because you know, we, we've wanted Derby County to be capable of picking up points on the road or picking up points in any game when they don't play particularly well. They're doing that this season, and yet you know some fans are still not happy with, with the style of football and that. You know so. You know, I, I think first of all, Gary had to get this resilience into the mm-hmm. side. That was the key thing because if you've got no resilience, then you can, you're going to be involved in those chaotic games we saw a few seasons ago, a four-four and three-threes and all sorts of ups and downs and nonsense. Uh, we don't want that. You know, I don't want to see those games again. Uh, so yet yeah, he had to inject some resilience. He's done that. Now that the, the task now, and this is a task facing all managers, and it's a very difficult one, is to get that balance between having that resilience. And being able to play a bit more openly, mm. more with more fluidity, and without leaving yourself then open, and that's that that's not easy. Everyone thinks, and I keep banging on about balance is needed, but it's not an easy thing to 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 attain. And uh, but I, I think I say full marks them because they've certainly improved on the road. Mm. Uh, just a, a quick one as well. How was the the trip? I know that you made no secret before of, of your distaste at having to go to London. At, at well, it's half ridiculous, five. isn't it? To, to be kicking off at half five in London on a Saturday night is, is, is nonsense. I'm sorry, but it just is. And, mm. and uh, you know, I, I noticed that uh, Stoke City have a, a Premier League game away at Brighton Monday night. You know, I mean, is, is that looking after the fans? Mm. Not for me. It's not. You know, and, and, and but uh, great support from Derby. Yep. Uh, around three and a half thousand fans. They were terrific. I thought. Uh, the you know it's a, it's a good actually I like Craven Cottage yeah you know it creates a good atmosphere and then they've got a good end there mm. where, where the way fans can go and I thought they gave the side really good backing I mean and let's be honest the first half display was very poor I thought it was really sluggish uh, there's no intensity no tempo no real quality on show uh, and Derby you know were I think fortunate only to go in one nil down. Uh, so, but, but the fans I thought stuck right, right with them. So you know, full mouth them because that's a long trip on a Saturday night, and, and everyone certainly got back very late. Yeah, and, and you mentioned they did go in one 0 down at the break, but you know, going behind to, to come back and get a point as, as they came from behind against Leeds as well, um, it, it does show a different side of the game, doesn't it? And, and a side that you need, especially in the championship. Absolutely, yeah, and it was. Um, uh, they got the goal nice and early in the mm. second half, which always which always helps. Um, and a really good goal it was too. Um, in fact, you know, looking at it back on the replay, it was you know probably better than than I gave it credit for at the time. Um, you know, Tom Lawrence is coming for a bit of stick because he hasn't scored yet, um, but his assist, you know, was as good as a goal for me. He 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 won possession back just as Fulham were looking to break. Um, then he's kind of um, he's sort of jinked inside his man and played a really really cute little pass through um, in, uh, through to Vidra in a sort of crowded area and, and Vidra's uh, Vidra's finished it very coolly indeed and and that you know as often happens with games in this division completely changed mm. the the momentum and the outlook and and, and as Gary Wright has said there was a spell where where they could have gone on and won it. As yeah. they, you know, as they did say at Leeds, didn't quite happen this time. Right? No, I mean David Hughes had, had a chance, didn't he? Yeah. After that, you know, a good chance to release by a, a good pass from Tom Wilson. Uh, did, didn't take the chance, and 
at that moment, you know, we were thinking, well, it, you know, it's going to be a two-one derby. Um, but again, disappointingly, I thought after twenty, a good good twenty minutes, start setting off. I thought they, I don't know, they seem to go into the shell a little bit again. Now, mm. sometimes you got to give the opponent credit. We don't do that enough. You know, the the opponent is out there to make the game difficult for you. They're not going to stand back and let you play, or let or let you dominate. And uh, to be fair to Fulham, I thought they 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 wobbled for a bit, but then they picked it up again. And I thought they finished really strongly. Uh, Fredericks down the right had a, a really good game, very pacey, troubled uh, Craig Forsyth. Uh, Tom Kearney is, is a good footballer. You know, he's not played a lot of games for Fulham this season. They've missed him, but he looked very good. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think if they had another striker or two, Fulham, uh, which they had last season when they were scoring goals, they look a bit short up top at the moment, uh, they'd certainly be higher in the table. So they finished strongly. I say it's a little disappointing that having got themselves back into the game and looked like they're going to go on and win it, they, they never really, Derby, were able to push on. Mm. You mentioned Avidra and Lawrence, so, so let's sort of talk about, about these two. Lawrence still yet to score for Derby as, as we know but when he's creating things like that and assists like that as you say it's, it's as good as a goal uh, and in terms of Vidra well, he, he just sort of keeps on scoring doesn't he so. well we were talking about it just before we recorded this and um, Vidra's now got what was the stat 8 18 11 starts yeah which mm. is very good so it's 13 appearances in total but all of his goals have come in games where he started uh, this season and that's that's eighteen eleven, which is which is a brilliant return. Mm. I know he's been on penalties, but you've still got to stick him away. And um, and there's been a lot of yeah, there's been a lot of talk about him because because despite despite that record, he's not been a kind of he's not been a, a first choice pick necessarily. No, it's funny because every just, week, I, yeah, I've looked at it. He's actually not started uh, four of the last eight games, mm. which is strange when he's your mm. top scorer. Yeah. You know, uh, but Gary Rowett and, he, and his coaching staff seem to have this thing about Mate in in, uh, in away games, and, and three of the four he's not starting. They've been away games. Mm. Now, you know, I can understand the thinking, what what he's thinking behind that, because it is different. But I think now he's the most natural number ten in in, in the in the club. Uh, he's a top scorer. Uh, he's a man who will do something a bit different for you. He's got that little explosive turn or, or, or movement, uh, which gives a defender's problems. So, I mean, really, you know, he should be starting games. Mm. I don't think no, there's any doubt about that. You know, if he's your best number ten, get him in the side and, and, and keep him in the side. Mm. And just on Lawrence, I mean, there's not really a, a concern, is there? Because he's been scoring for Wales <clears throat> on international duty, and, and he's been creating things for Derby. And uh, I mean, you guys will know. No better, but his performances have been have been okay. Have been good. Well, you can answer this one, Steve. I think you. Yeah, uh, I've I've uh, listen. It's very difficult. Uh, someone comes to a football club. Uh, I've got two examples here. Joe Ledley comes in, and it's like he's played here all his career. No problem at all. Slots in, knows his job, does his job quietly. Off he goes. No problem. Uh, other players can come in, and I've seen them in the past, and and they just find it a little difficult at first you know uh, Tom Lawrence has has contributed to Derby's mm. results this season no doubt about that uh, he, he, I think he has more assists than, than anyone else in the squad uh, he's just missing those goals that we saw him score 
for Ipswich last season while he was on loan. Uh, although he did point out that I think nine of the 11 goals came after the turn of the year. So there's some promise there. Uh, I just think he needs to do more. Uh, I want to see more from him. Uh, I thought he was very poor first half at Fulham. Uh, now you could say he didn't have a lot of service and, and there wasn't a lot going on, but sometimes you know you've got to go and get the ball and do something with it. And I just thought he was he was disappointed. As Chris just said on the goal, he showed what he can do. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he won the ball back, and then he had the the balance and the poise and the, and the coolness to, to to pick out Vidra for the goal. So. He's certainly got it in his locker, and we've seen for Wales as well this season. He's, he's whacked in a couple, hasn't he? Mm. So it is there, and I'm, I say this every podcast. I'm still waiting for that one to hit the net for Derby, and I think it will happen. Uh, but I just would like to see a bit more from him. It's interesting talking to Gary Rowett that he was half thinking of whether it was worth just taking Tom out the side for a game, maybe because he's played a lot of football, and uh, he wondered whether he just might need that little breather. You know, because there is a lot of not not there's not pressure on him. There's some expectation, but if you're going to come in as the big summer signing, which he did, that's inescapable. You you've got to stand up to that and you've got to face it. And I think he's a confident lad. When I spoke to him, that he's a nice lad, no problem at all. So he'll know. And and I think he, I do really just think he needs to go. And what you, you mentioned, what Gary said. He then followed that by saying, every time I think, should I take him out of the team, then he goes and does something like yeah. he did at Fulham. Yeah. Yeah. And that obviously reminds you why why he's there. Um, so I think, yeah, as Steve said, I think you're just waiting for that goal. But when you've you know when you've paid decent money for yeah. an attacking, attack-minded player, you do want goals. You're going to want goals from that player. Yeah, and especially you know, at the Derby, you know, it's OK the Premier League size bringing in players for, for good money, you know, Will Hughes for example, you know, Watford signed him, uh, didn't play him, but in the Premier League squad you can kind of do that, you can disappear into the background, get yourself ready, get yourself in shape, get yourself fit, and then when you do come in, and, and Will has done that recently and was excellent in, in Watford's victory over West Ham, uh, that works out, but, but here and in the Championship, if you sign a player for and I've seen various fees mm-hmm. bandied about, but we were told, and it was reported, that it was a deal worth £7 million. Mm-hmm. then that's the big deal for Derby. You know, the record fees, Matty. They gave him the number 10 shirt, yeah. which was so, previously won by Tom so, you know, and he was just so, thrown in yeah. there and said, you know, fill, fill mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so you can't escape cup. that, you know, and, and, and it's something you have to live up to. And they say, it just takes some players longer. I don't think he... It's not a case of the fact he, he hasn't settled in. I think he has settled in. Yeah. It's just that... You just feel there's more to him than he's showing, mm-hmm. and that's where the frustration is and the expectation is. And, and I think I think a goal, obviously, doing the world of good. Mm-hmm. But uh, good what we saw from him for 20 minutes second half. But I just want to see a, a more from him. Mm-hmm. And kind of just add on that as well. He's probably slightly looking not to concede a penalty. It was looking late on. Um, they had a couple of penalty shouts. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that one. They, looking at the replay, it looked like Derby were quite lucky to, mm-hmm. to escape. Not that one for the first time either this no. season. There's been no. a few of yeah. penalty decisions which I can't quite understand how they haven't been given against mm-hmm. Derby. So you hope that that continues. But uh, tackling back, even though he did that on the goal, mm-hmm. tackling back it isn't, isn't mm-hmm. a strong point. I thought he gave a few free kicks away against Reading in the home defeat, and uh, you don't want him doing that in the penalty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so we will come on and, and give a mention now to Chris Baird because 
he came in. Uh, Andre Wisdom obviously missed out for, for personal reasons. He came in and he looked like he'd been in the side the whole season, didn't he? Uh, I'm, I'm a Chris Bird fan. I've, uh, he was he deservedly finished last season as a number one right back. Uh, unquestionably for me, uh, he came into the side of the season against Hull. Was excellent. Kept his place. Mm. Again, I thought it was unlucky to, to to lose out. I think it was after the Bristol City game. I think when everyone had a bad day. By the way, not just Chris Baird. Did he not play against Birmingham? Uh, I'm not sure, but I know Bristol City defeat. Everyone had an awful mm. day. So I was uh, it, what he did against Fulham. I mean, coming from Bristol didn't surprise me one bit. No problem with him coming to the side at all. And for me, he, he should stay. He should stay in uh, because that performance. He was my man of the match alongside Bobby Richard Keel. A couple of things towards the end of the game, a uh, back post header, uh, which looked like it was going to be a goal, actually, was, was brilliant. Uh, and, and you need that. I think he's experienced, he's know how, he knows the game. As Gary Wright said today, you know, he reads the game really well. He's got better quality than people think and give him credit for. Uh, for me, I, think I, I, th- I see it as real competition. Now, other people, other fans might think, well, no, Andre Wisdom is first mm. choice. I don't see that. I see it as, as proper competition, that, and I would treat it as proper competition. I understand why they brought Andre Wisdom in. Gary Wright's talked about this. Sure. You know, they're looking more to the future. Absolutely. As a younger yeah, version. Yeah. I mean, Chris now is 35, can't yeah. go on forever. Although, he looked uh, no problem on, on, yeah. on, on Saturday. So, uh, no, I, I, I'm a big fan of his, I have been. Mm. I thought he was really, to him after Well, I was going to say, yeah, I thought it was a really interesting battle um, between him and, and yeah. young Ryan Sessegnon on, on, yeah. on that side because because you know when the teams came out it was clear that, that Sessegnon who, who else played left back and left wing was going to be playing on the wing mm. for them um, and I just thought it was a fascinating ba- battle because he's you know he's 17 years old he's been linked with you know all of, all, of the top, yeah. Yeah, all of the top Premier League clubs big things were expected mm. of him and, and as Chris Baird uh, um, pointed out, he's got a few years on him. He's, he's actually twice, more than twice his age. Um, but it was it was in, it was intriguing because you know he's a, he's a young lad with raw talent and pace mm. up against thirty five year old Chris Baird, who's got that knowledge and know how and the way he reads the game. And actually, he, you know, he kept him he kept him fairly quiet for, for a lot of time. I can't didn't really he? remember him assessing on yeah. running yeah. at any stage really, where yeah. you thought, oh, he's in trouble here. Yeah. Mm. So that's that's know-how, you know, and, and that's why sometimes experience is invaluable. I mean, there's no doubt that they probably thought, oh, we can, we can target that area, but, yeah. but it never quite worked out. And, and of course, um, you know, it's a place uh, that he knows very well, sure. having, having, sure. having, having had a really successful time yeah. at Fulham previously in his career, and of course he went back there on loan mm. in his first season at Derby. And um, yeah, I was uh, I was speaking to him on um, pitch side after the match, and uh he was waving up to his um, little daughter, who was who was actually in the cottage, you know, in the corner of uh, yes, Craven yeah, yeah. Cottage, and she was waving down at her dad. So, um, so yeah, I think he, he enjoyed uh, he enjoyed going back there. Yeah, I mean, to, to come into a side like like Derby after not really playing much football, it's fair to say, as he did against Hull, and put in a performance like that. I mean, it shows the the character and, and the type of player that he is, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. You know, professionalism. Yeah, to, to look after yourself as he does. Uh, as I say, I, I, it didn't surprise me. I had no mm. problems with him coming in into the side, and I've got absolutely no problems with him staying in the side. Mm. And he's one of a few whose contract runs up at the end of the season. 
I mean, from from what you've seen this season, I'll sort of ask both of you: Do you give him a, an extra deal, or what do you do? Well, we were talking about this um, earlier, and it, it's a difficult one, and it's probably it's probably not a decision that will be taken right now. I wouldn't have thought mm. because I think he's I think he's thirty six in February. Um, I I remember speaking to him at the end of last season, and basically. Um, when his his, um, his deal was being extended by by another twelve months, and I sort of cheekily asked the question, you know, you're not thinking about hanging up your boots any any time soon, and he sort of looked at me and said, well, no, you know, I'm gonna, I feel fit, I'm gonna keep mm. going as as long as I can, um, you know, whether that be at Derby or, or somewhere else, and it, so obviously he'll be, he'll be looking to the end of this season, and is he gonna get another deal? And it, I think it's a difficult one because, of course, as Steve mentioned, they're looking to the future. Mm. Um, but these experienced players have have a great deal of value, I think, as we as we saw at Fulham. Mm. Um, and of course, a lot will depend on you know which division Derby are in. Dare I say it? And um, and other matters like that. You know what happens in the January window, that sort of thing. So. I don't know what your thoughts are, Steve. No, I think it's right. I think they, they won't rush into anything, obviously. Um, I like how, sorry, Steve, I like how you just sort of veered away from answering uh, whether you'd give them a new contract. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, sorry. Um, if you want, yeah, if you want, if you want a yes-no answer, um, my, my cautious nature would say, would say, yeah, I'll give him yeah. another 12 months if, he, if he's still as fit as he looks now. Um, mm, yeah. I, wouldn't have I don't see any signs that suddenly he... His fitness in a year, in a in the next year or so will 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 change too much. Uh, you have got to be careful because I have seen players, and I thought that about players, and suddenly hit a wall. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, you know what's happened here, and that, and that can happen. Uh, I think Chris is right. I think a lot will depend on which division Derby are in. Uh, they won't, I'm sure, won't rush into anything because there's no real need to. Uh, I think if they are in the Championship. The squad's going to have to be cut in size. That's that's obvious. Mm. Gary Wright's been saying that since the summer, and he's got to cut the squad. They've got too many players, far too many players. So actually, someone like Chris Baird, who can cover two or three positions, he could play either full-back position, right-back better, obviously. He could slot in the centre-back, uh, and there's a hole in midfielder. Yeah. So that might be valuable. You know, top professional, as I say, not a moment's trouble. Uh, will understand when he's in the team and when he's out the team which is important in a squad system. So, yeah, I mean, if they're still in the, in the Championship next season, I, I would look to give them another year. On that mm. performance, I'd look to give them another year. Also, by the way, we, we, we have to remember that you know, they brought in Andre Whitton, who was younger, and still got things to learn about mm. playing right back, from, from what I see. I still think he's got things to learn. Who better to learn from, from, from you know, a, a very, very experienced uh, defender, right back, uh, International as well, who's willing to show you certain things, knowing that, that you're that you're taking his position. Mm. You know, I, I just think, and also by the way, what substitutes are because he can cover these different positions. So, yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't I wouldn't argue with that too much. But I'd say it's important though Derby cut the squad as well, because the average age of the team is is on the high, slightly high side. Mm. Uh, they have probably got too many thirty plus players in the squad uh, and in the team actually so you, you can't keep doing that but uh, I think someone like Chris uh, uh, for another year would make sense uh, but I say a lot depends on where Derby are. I suppose if 
you were to get rid of him, you weren't to offer him a contract at the end of the season, you're going to need to bring in some form of cover at right back. So are you going to bring anybody in for the right value that's going to be better than Chris Baird? Is well, well this is it. I mean, if, if you're playing that Andre was is your first choice right back. Which he, season, he likely will be. That's fine. Uh, but you need backup. Mm. But, but what you don't want is, is backup someone who, who you want competition, of course, but not someone who's maybe going to throw the toys out. Mm. If they're not in the side as well. And Chris Baird, as I say, has been sat on the bench now for a number of weeks. Uh, but knows knows his value to the to the squad, so I think you know keeping someone like that would would make perfect sense. But you know there's, there's a bit to do in between. I say it's different things. His fitness is one, obviously. Uh, where Derby are, whether it's Championship or Premier League, is the other thing. Uh, so there's lots there's, there's lots to be decided. But I say I think that the squad certainly needs cutting in size. Mm. Obviously, a disappointing defeat last week again to Reading, uh, home defeat. So important to get back. Uh, obviously, not a victory at Fulham, but important to get a point on the board. And now that's just one defeat in the last nine for, for Derby. So you know, sometimes you see perceived negativity around the fans, etc., on social media. But you know, all in all, it's it's not all doom and gloom, is it? I, I keep having to check the run actually to remind myself it's just one defeat. Yeah. Right? Just shows you what. I- Poor home performance and defeat can do to perception, isn't it? Yeah. Before the Reading game, everyone was was thinking, "Oh, this is it." Mm-hmm. Uh, a win at Norwich, win at Leeds, and then suddenly they lose at home to Reading, and, and they were poor. There's no, there's no hiding from that. Uh, and it was a poor defeat, uh, and that's that really knocked, I think, the belief of quite a few fans. But actually, as you say, it's one defeat in nine. You know, I mean. That's a re- in this division. That's a really, mm. really good run. Uh, yeah, they, of course they can play better, uh, but I, but but I expect the season. What we're seeing at the moment, I, I expected in some ways, you know, because I knew they had to be able to. They had to be more resilient. They had to be able to dig out results which they've failed to do in the past, and that's cost them uh, in their promotion pushes. They've not been able to dig out results when things haven't gone well for them or when they're playing badly. Uh, I'm glad. That they can do or seem to be able to do that now. I think that's important, and I see the season like this. You know, I don't suddenly see where they're suddenly going to open up expansively and mm-hmm. take the teams apart four, five, six, seven nil. You know, uh, I, I don't, I don't get that. This division is, is, is as I said before. You know, let's give credit to opponents. They've got, th- I think, three of the next four games at home. Mm. What a fantastic opportunity! But We've been here before. I mean, if, if I remember that run at home game under, under Steve McLaren, didn't they have Cardiff, sorry, Burton, Albion, Cardiff, and Bristol City? Oh, yeah. You know, and they ended up taking two points from nine. You know, so a little kind of warning there because teams, you know, t- you've, got, you've got to earn the right to win the game. Mm. And sometimes that can take you the whole game to do that. And, and, and we've seen at Fulham and we saw at Leeds and the win and the win at Norwich. The win against Forest, the win against Sheffield Wednesday, the lines are so fine. Mm. You can easily fall the right side or the wrong side, and, and you know it's a great opportunity for them coming up. Uh, but make no mistake, QPR at home, Ipswich at home under Mick McCarthy, who's come here before and, 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 and beaten Derby, and Burton Albion at home, who came here and got a goal draw last season under Nigel Clough. Of course, they'll be tough. Mm. They'll be tough opponents. So you know. Uh, I think at the moment, and I said it last time, results for me at the moment are king. Mm. And I think if you follow 
any historically any promotion campaign or even championship winning campaign, there's probably only half a dozen times you could pick out performances where you say, Tell you what, we were absolutely brilliant. Most of the games you'll find you get you get the result. Mm. Get the result because that's what wins you promotions and wins your titles. Mm. No mean feat is it in the championship to go one defeat in nine. No, and uh, I mean, as we said, the, the Reading game was a bad game, and it came at a bad time. Yeah, in sure. Front, in front of in front of twenty five thousand home fans who had been, you know, many of whom wouldn't have been to see the win at Leeds, mm. the win at Norwich, um, another another decent away performances that, that we've talked about, and so it just it just came at a bad time, but I think you have to accept you, you're going to get these results. The championship, and let's not forget that Reading, although they've struggled a bit this season, they got to the playoff final. They were a penalty shootout away last season yeah. from yeah. Um, being in the Premier League. Um, Fulham made the playoffs last season, and Derby went there and got a one-all draw. And it's just, it's just that kind of division. Mm. And yes, it was a poor performance against Reading, but I think, you know, as Gary Rout was saying uh, when we spoke to him earlier, you know, they'll certainly be motivated. Um, for the next game against Queen's Park Rangers to, to sort of avoid a, a repeat of that. Mm. I, think, I think it's quite important to, I think to, to, to accept that games tend to unfold in different ways. And, that, and there's this great thing at the moment about you know, Derby are starting slowly as though it's a deliberate thing and it's a tactic. It's, it's absolutely not. Uh, they didn't start slowly against Forest. They didn't start slowly mm. against Sheffield Wednesday either. So this thing about them always starting slowly is a myth. Uh, they did start slowly against Reading and were punished for it. Uh, they didn't start well at Fulham, uh, but they got out with a point. So sometimes the op- the opponent will start quicker than you. That's yeah. just mm-hmm. the nature of the way football can go. Uh, if they do, then the important thing is to make sure you stay in the game. And at Fulham, at least they stayed in the game at one nil. Reading, unfortunately, at home, it got away from. They got away from very too quickly. They had too much to too do. Too much to do. Too much catch up. You then chase the game. And you can see, and we've seen Derby do that before. Did it at Bristol City, did it at Sheffield United. Chase the game, and then you can see more. So, games do unfold in different ways. Mm. We're recording this on the Monday. Derby obviously play QPR on the Tuesday. Chris did just feed me a line into QPR, which I was going to go on with, and then uh, obviously you had to get get another word in. (laughs) Um, But you two chaps have been at the the press conference today before that game. Any sort of key lines come out of it from Gary Rout? <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. What was interesting, I think, about Gary for me from the press conference was he, he once or twice he kind of defended. I thought that what Derby are doing at the moment, and as we've just said, you know, they deserve credit for the run they're on. I think he deserves credit for the way he's instilled this resilience in the team that was missing previously. Mm. So you know, that doesn't just happen by chance. That, that there's obviously some hard work gone into that, and. and you know, he mentioned this great word balance, and again, yeah, I'll go back to what I said before. It's a very difficult thing to achieve for, for a manager. Uh, and he, of course, he wants Derby to play a more expansive game and a more entertaining game. Of course, he does. We all do. Mm. You know, uh, if he can win and entertain and play one for the other, that, that's great. But it doesn't happen that often, that. And, and I don't see many teams in this division who are actually doing that. Mm. You know, I watch Middlesbrough and Leeds. Uh, very competitive game, you know, proper championship game. Yeah. But you wouldn't say either of them were brilliant. But you know, Leeds dug out the result, Middlesbrough couldn't. Uh, and I say there, there are a few teams. Wolves 
Wolves probably are, are the closest to playing what mm-hmm. you say very well and winning games. Bristol City are yeah. what we've from what we've seen yeah. uh, mm. play that type of type of game. Uh, but a lot of the others do, are, are doing what, what what Derby are doing. They're digging out results, you know, and they're getting over the line. And I think in the championship, I say I've been critical of them in the past, and so fans for not being able to do that. They're showing signs that they can do that, and once you're doing that and you get yourself into a good position, there will be a game when it suddenly all clicks. And you come away. It might be QPR. Mm. It might be Middlesbrough away. It might be Ipswich. It might be Burton. I don't know when that game comes. But there will be one game where it all clicks into shape. And we saw that in 2006-7 under Billy Davis. A lot of the games were hard fought. They they dug out a result. But now and again, they just they just opened up and uh, produced really good performances and won comfortably. So that can happen. But you know, I just sense a little frustration from him. I might be wrong. Uh, I just felt he. You know, uh, they're in a good position, mm. really good position. They're only out of the top six on goal difference. They've got a game in hand. I'll be honest with you. After sixteen games, if someone had offered me that start of the season, I'd sell for it. And I think a lot of other fans would as well. Yeah, I think he's trying. He's trying to kind of get some positivity going, isn't mm. he? And, he? and he also kind of called upon the fans to mm. to sort of get behind them at mm. Pride Park. Obviously, the most recent memory will have been. Um, them losing four two at home to Reading, and they, you know they were booed off at half time, uh, booed off at the end, and he's just saying, you know, it's he understands the fans' right to to mm. sort of express their emotions as as they wish. They pay they pay their money, but but it, but on the flip side, he's saying, you know, it would really it will really help the players if you mm. if you can sort of get behind them and be patient and that sort of thing. And it's you know it's the kind of message that we, you, you've heard before, but. Yeah. But um, that's what he's looking for, especially as we mentioned with, with the home games coming up. Yeah, yeah. And we've said that they they are right in the playoff mix. I mean, it's fair to say that. And this game, as we've said many times before, there are no gimmies in the championship. There never have been, and probably never will be. But Derby County at home to Queens Park Rangers, you'd look at that and, and think home win. So there you go, jinxed it straight away. But you you would and. That's another three points, which which could well take them. Into I think, the I think this, places is, again. this is interesting as well because this is what Ian Holloway will play on, of course. Sure. You know, he'll be telling, and I would as well in the QPR dressing room. I'd be saying, look, you know, these probably think they're going to turn yeah. us over tonight. You know, and and, and and he's good at that. Ian, he's done it before. Did it with Millwall, I think, didn't he? Here, uh, so he'll he'll be playing on that. Uh, but as I said before, you know, you, you've got to earn the right. To win the game, doesn't matter who you're playing. Got to earn the right to win the game. And uh, but, but Derby need, you know, after that Reading one, such a such a demoralising mm. performance uh, and defeat that they'll know that they need to get back at it here, uh, where the record have been very good. I think that we hardly took 13 of the previous 15 points at home before Reading. Uh, so that so that's not bad. Uh, but the, the key is once you've sorted out your waveform, which they seem to have done. Sometimes it can flip the other way round. Mm-hmm. You can struggle at home. They've got to, they've got to make sure they avoid that because you know if you can follow up a good away performance and, and a point or three with a home win, yeah. that's how you start moving up the table. And there is an opportunity coming up now, and it's only an opportunity if you can take it that they can push themselves right into the top six. Mm. I think it's worth pointing out. I mean, the, the table's still very congested, and I think QPR. Uh, five or six points behind Derby and and this is a team that you know 
fairly recently beaten beat Wolves beat yes. Sheffield yes. United yeah. Yeah. albeit at home I at think home, yeah. Yeah. and it's a different kettle yeah. of fish but they're obviously capable of pulling mm. off those type of results yeah. so I think Derby you know Derby will have to be wary as I'm, as I'm sure they will be I think the shape of the division at the moment tells us an awful lot uh, about most if not all teams being on a par because I think three points separate sixth place and twelfth mm. and there's six points separate sixth place and Fulham in seventeenth yeah. six yeah. points so it's really kind of big kind of uh, Congestion in the, and that tells you that there isn't a lot between any of the teams, and that's why each game is, is a real challenge, and that's why we're probably seeing what we're seeing, which is teams nicking nicking mm. games, working hard, having to dig in, uh, and 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 that's what that's what Derby are doing, and that's what they have been doing. So, and and I say I don't see a massive change from that move, move, moving forward, because uh, I think this division is going to be like that for some time. Wolves and Sheffield United. And Cardiff, to be fair, just They're sticking around, aren't putting they? the foot on the yeah. accelerator a little bit. Uh, but everything else really is, is is up for grabs. And again, you know, if you can if you can beat QPR at home, and I'd say that's if you can beat QPR yeah. at home, then go to Middlesbrough, and suddenly that looks That'd a big tough game. One, yeah. mm. so. There's been a lot of talk about the the striker position, as as there sort of always is at any football club, really. But I mean, obviously, you had Chris Martin coming back. <clears throat> Excuse me. This season, you had uh, Sam Winnell coming in, and in the, the you know Leeds and Norwich game, he was the match winner. And then you've got David Nugent as well, who's been a match winner in his own right earlier on in the season. Um, I mean, it's a difficult one. It's a selection headache for Gary Rowett. So I'm going to ask you two: who who starts? Presuming Matteo Vidra is in the number ten role tomorrow night. Yeah. Who starts up front for you? Well, I I, I would have gone Chris Martin at Fulham. And he went with David Nugent. Understand why? I think the Nugent Vidra partnership is uh, the tried and tested one, only because it's been tried and tested mm. over more games. Uh, I don't think Martin has started with Vidra. I think that's what Gary Howard told me. He hasn't started the game with Vidra, so that's interesting. Uh, it's yeah, it's, it's a weekly dilemma. It's a headline for us every week as well. Yeah. And uh, I, I think. Chris, it's interesting with Chris because I, I say I felt he deserved a, a start at Fulham and I thought against this old club there who was on loan with I thought that would have been mm. interesting uh, but I understood why I went for Nugent I felt sorry for David Nugent in first half he had no service at all and virtually the only ball he really had all game was the one who was put through a chance from Tom Huddleston second half at 1-1 so I, I felt for David Nugent uh, he'll always give you what he gives you mm. Uh Sometimes though, I just feel that in that shape, the ball's got to stick. The ball's got to stick up front in order to bring Vidra in, to bring Lawrence in, to bring uh, Bradley Johnson into it, or, or less so with him probably. But certainly Lawrence and Vidra to bring those players into play, the ball has to stick, uh, and it doesn't really stick. Uh, sometimes with David Nugent in front, because he, he likes to spin and run down mm. the side of centre-backs and into challenges he does that obviously a lot better than Chris Martin does but sometimes you need the ball to stick to get that you know the, what we're saying at the moment is Derby Derby's football isn't fluid there's no rhythm to it but there won't be if you can't play build-up there just won't be because it'll mm. be going front and coming back down sides so if you've got to kind of get the ball to stick and of course Chris is the best man to do that sure. uh, so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I would, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a, a Martin Vidra partnership just to see how it works. Because I've got a feeling if 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 the ball can stick with Chris Martin, Vidra could be very very dangerous. Of course, it happened with him and Nugent against uh, was it Hull City? They link quite well, so that can happen. But I do, uh, yeah, I'd probably have a look at the Martin Vidra partnership. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't argue with that. I, but at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if he went with the same two no. again, because um, a lot, a lot's been said about the Nugent Vidra partnership. They do seem to, this do seem to link up quite well. We didn't necessarily see too much of that at Fulham, but I just wonder whether he'll, he'll, he'll envisage a different game, slightly different game yeah, against sure. QPR at home. Let's go out there and see what he can do. Um, another thing, to, I suppose, to be taken into account is, is I know David Nugent sort of talks about the fact that. You know he's uh, he's not getting any younger and 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 he does he does put the put the hard yards yeah, in does, yeah. and so I don't yeah. know how much you know um, his exertions at Fulham will have taken out of him in terms of looking at the the quick turnaround. Uh, Gary Rout might just say, well, you know, time for time for some mm. fresh legs. Um, put well, Chris Martin yeah. in there, and I mean, and it's funny that we you know so we've been talking for a few minutes and we've not even mentioned Sam Winnell who you know not so long ago yeah. was the was the man of the moment, wasn't he? I was going to say, is, is it almost a bit sort of unfair on on Winnell that he's not been given more of a chance because he's obviously taken his chance on more than one occasion, i.e. Norwich and Leeds, and then I believe he started the next game but was taken off, and you just sort of think, well, surely. You know that sixty minutes or whatever it was, you know, it, ju- it justifies more. I think, more yeah, than that. I think the problem is, is we spoke to David Nugent before the um, Fulham game, and he was saying that really the way he sees it, they've got him, Chris Martin, Sam Winnell mm. as number nines, and, Vid- and Matty Vidra as a number ten. Yeah. So it's almost saying, well, it's Vid- it's Vidra and one and a another, then, isn't it? And so it's a kind of one out one out of three, and now, so so you know, with that rationale, if you have Winnell as number nine, Vidra as number ten, how effective is that partnership going to be? You're not going to have Chris Martin's hold up play. You're not going to have Nugent's sort of connection that he's made with Vidra. So maybe that sort of comes into the thinking. But of course, until yeah, until you try it, you know, you won't see it. But I just I just feel that at the moment he's going to have to. Be patient again, isn't it? I yeah, think. I, I think so. I didn't. Uh, I know he's played a lot of his football as as the forward, if you like, the centre forward or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and David News mentioned that they've got kind of three number nines. Uh, on the on what we've seen of Sam Winnell here at Derby, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure whether he is that player. Well, I mean, I've not. I, I, to be fair, I'm not sure I've asked him the no, question, so no. he may he may disagree himself. Yeah, he, may, he may well disagree. Yeah, though I know he's played a lot of it in that position. I just see him as as being a very eager uh, and, and 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 busy uh, and competitive forward who's going to not not give a, his marker or the defenders mm. a moment's peace. Uh, that type of thing. I don't I don't see him playing into him and off him and. Being a focal point, I, I just don't. I might be wrong. I just don't really see that. Uh, for me, at the moment, you're probably looking at him coming on and maybe impacting the game. Impact, yeah. You know, that's what I'd see. I'd say, you know, if you need it, get on there, get me a goal, be busy, uh, be effective, get me a goal. So I think at the moment, if there is a pecking order, and it's been a very fluid one, if there has, because they've all had a bit of a chance, you could see kind of Nugent 
Martin Winnell if you wanted mm. to put him in a, in a one two three as as Chris says because Matthew Vidra is the only really num- real number ten. I mean Gary Rowett was talking about number tens and he said that uh, there's one or two other players quite fancy. I, I'm not surprised to do because it's a great position to play. <laughs> you know I think everyone I ever kicked the ball with kind of fancy being a number ten. Uh, did they have a, a number 10 role back in? I thought it was just they solid 4 4 2. Well, it, it was a kind of a 2 3 5 when <laughs> I started, so I'm not sure where the number 10 fitted into that. But uh, So, and they mentioned Andre, uh, Andy Vyman. Yeah. And again, I must admit, that's not a bad shout because I've seen Vyman play that little role uh, pre season and uh, not this pre season, previous pre season. Very lively in mm. and around the striker, yeah. as you can imagine. Again, I don't, I don't see him being massively effective in a wide area. You know, I, mm. I think he can, he's more effective, more central. Johnny Russell, you mentioned, quite fancies it. Yeah. Uh, again, Johnny's limited at times in, in, a, in a wide right area, maybe. And I think he, I mean, he came as a striker in theory. Yeah. So, you know, c- can he be a, a, an option as well in there? I know. Often wonder about Tom Lawrence. Mm. You know, because I wonder about him at the moment. I, I sometimes watch him. I think he, he seems a bit hamstrung by the touchline or out wide you know it's not the easiest role to play that you know you've got the touchline one side of you because unless you're a really good winger quick who's got a trick and can go on the outside you're very often going to step in uh, and I'm wondering whether in a more centralist area he can he's got he can go either way and and, and if he watches goals for Wales yeah. that's where he scores them yeah. from so you've got five number tens, yeah. five uh, number tens. and then that's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> five number tens. So actually, if we, if we start with a kind of a, a two-eight system, <laughs> something like that, so we can get everybody in. Who, uh, are you, who are you two then at the back? Oh, Richard Keogh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Maybe Chris Baird as well. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but definitely Richard Keogh. That should go down well with some people. Uh, but uh, no, I think so. So that's interesting. But I just feel these. I've thought this for a while. These, these wide. Strikers, if you mm. like, or wide attackers. I'm not sure any of them are that natural in that in that role. Even yeah. Tom Ince. Yeah. There were times Tom Ince, you thought, even they played wide right, you thought, well, yeah, he got goals. But he scored a hat trick when they played him. Yeah, exactly. in, in the ten, didn't exactly. they? Exactly. So mm. you know, because they're not actually wingers, so they haven't got a trick. You know, and they haven't got the lightning pace that burns off fullbacks on the outside. They very often come inside. And so a lot of those players, I think, will be more dangerous in a, in a, in a central area, just like Matty Fidra. Yeah. You know, Steve McLaren played him on the left mm-hmm. in the front three. Yeah. You know, puts hands on his head. And, or why? Because it's not, you know, it's just not his role. Gary Rowett, to be fair, came in, changed it at Forest, I think yeah. at half-time That's or whatever, right, yeah. just yeah. before, Good. and suddenly he looks a different player, as he was at Watford. So, you know, a lot of, the, a lot of those wide attackers, actually, are probably second strikers, if you like. Mm rather than centre-forwards. But unfortunately for them, I think what what we've seen in recent weeks is that, I mean, Fid, if Fidra's going to play, he's got, he's got to play in the yeah. 10, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. so I'd say it, it just cuts down the options, Yeah, really. Uh, I mean, we could talk about systems and that, and, you know, I, I, was, I was glad that we moved away from the 4-3-3, but, you know, driving back from, uh, from Fulham and being stuck on the motorway <laughs> at midnight or whenever it was, you just had to uh, get that line in there. Yeah, yeah, because it's been removed for, for TV purposes <laughs> again. Uh, I, I just thought I was thinking about the current shape, and I'm not massively convinced about that either. Uh, but I think that's part of the problem with the balance in the squad at the moment. Mm. And I'm not sure there's 
a, a formation where you say this is actually what we are and these are the players in that I still think Gary is searching for that balance which you, which you admitted still searching for that balance and, and, and still searching for that ideal what you call ideal first choice 11 mm. so maybe we will get your 2-3-5 in the coming weeks or, or, wing, or wing backs Three at the back, yeah. wings, yeah. left, wings, well, we used to have to play with two wingers then, right winger, left winger, inside left, inside right. I suppose the, the days of a, a good old fashioned winner's gone. Actually, I wouldn't pretend in that system. Where did you play? Because we went 1 to 11. So actually, the right winger was number 7, inside right yeah. was 8, centre forward was 9, and I had 10 on my back. Yeah. And my left winger was, was 11. Well, that's so, another thing. Some of the numbers these days are, are ridiculous. Well, don't start me on that. Yeah, no, no, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Unbelievable. Yeah, who was uh, it? Clint Dempsey at Tottenham at number two. He was a striker. I know. I know. It's, well. Tom Huddleston, 44. Tom Huddleston, 44. 4 plus 4. Yeah, yeah. Curtis Davis, 33. 3 plus 3. See what they did there. Number 5. Yeah. But no, it's... Yeah, I mean, this is a dilemma Gary's going to have mm. for a while with with, the, with his forwards. I feel, I really do. But mm. you know, I, again, say to someone like Tom Lawrence, you know, I just think playing in that in that area, you know, where he is at the moment, maybe just kind of restricting him just a little bit, just a little bit. Uh, I don't know, it's just just an option. Mm. Not sure. You say it's a dilemma, but I mean, is it? A- Good dilemma for Gary Rout to have. It's always good to have options. Sometimes I think managers can have too many options mm. because I think it becomes confusing. I think it's easy for you to make changes, isn't it? Then if you haven't got the options, you tend and someone doesn't have a great game, you tend to stick with them. Yeah. Because yeah. you look round at the bench and you think, mm, not sure. So uh, I think that's good for him to have options. But I say sometimes you can have too many players and it makes mm. it too easy to change. Uh, and he said himself, you know, it's hard for him to give. David Nugent or Chris Martin or Sam Winnell seven or eight games because mm-hmm. he, he thinks it's unfair on, on the others as well because you know, what he's saying is you'd have to play really well in those seven or eight games for me to keep playing you or, or, you know. but the only way you get understanding between partnerships like Vidra Nugent or yeah. whatever is by games. playing that many games and we, that's the thing you talk about getting the fluidity and surely part of that is having a, you know, a settled side mm. and I'm still of the opinion, personally, that you know, if you're constantly chopping and changing, mm. rotating the squad on a week-to-week basis, you're not going to you're not going to get yeah, that. Absolutely, yeah. I, I don't think you are, and, and I think uh, the, obviously the most recent example probably was was Burnley, and they went up, they barely Very changed. changed the mm-hmm. I think they had an injury to Andre Gray towards the end of the season, which they had to change something, but but they barely made a change, mm. and uh, you've got to have a lot of luck to do that. You've got to have a lot of luck with injuries. Uh, but what it did mean, I would imagine, is, is that, that Sean Dyche, even though a player maybe had an off game or two, stuck with him. Because yeah. if you believe in that player and that system and that shape and that eleven, then why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you stick with it? So I think sometimes yeah, they can have too many options. Yeah, and obviously that's without throwing Darren Bent into the mix, yeah. who will probably be coming back before Christmas. Yeah, he's due to play for the, t- the 23s this Friday. Yeah. We're told. Yeah. Um, okay. So that'll yeah, that's another one to uh, to add to the I mean, yeah. That is a lot of options, isn't it? Then up front, if you're looking at it, if you're playing one up front, yeah. and say you're playing Nugent up front, and you yeah. turn around, and you've got Sam Wynn or Chris Martin and Darren Ben, 
you know, that is when probably yeah. when it becomes a bit of a, a bad dilemma. Isn't just it? Yeah. wonder whether if if we do see Bent in the squad, whether it will be more of a you know an impact sub again. Yeah. You know, like you say, with Winnell, come off the bench yeah. and try and get a mm. goal if you can. I but think so. And, and Darren's proved, hasn't he, before that he, he can nick you a goal. Yeah. Mm. There's no doubt about that. But again, with Darren's, it's another one. You know, in in the system we've seen at Derby while he's been here. I don't think he really suits the focal point of the attack, uh, but but then where would you play him? You know, uh, he hasn't quite got that pace he used to have, where he would really terrify defenders. Uh, so he, you know, couldn't leave too much space behind because he would he would race into that. So yeah, difficult. But what he would do, I'm sure he, he could still do as well. Is if you you get him on there and you need a goal. Mm. Okay, last goal, 10, 15 yeah. minutes but if the ball drops to him by the way there's every yeah. chance it'll be in the net because yeah. mm-hmm. he picks up some great positions in the box yeah. and uh, some of his goals may look a bit simple but, but he's always there so you mm-hmm. know someone like that on the bench is always always an option Yeah, let's just have a, a, a small touch then on, on Borough uh, on next Saturday um, it's sort of fairly similar to Derby in a way in that they've got high expectations this season and a new manager and there's some sort of discontent up at the, the Riverside especially after they, they lost at Leeds on Sunday yeah I wasn't, I wasn't overly press, impressed what mm. sort of them at Leeds um, I, I don't know what Patrick Bamford's situation is is Patrick still there but he, he, he well, he's certainly there I yeah. don't, uh, doesn't seem to have been featuring Derby, Derby don't normally do well at Middlesbrough we've, uh, okay. we've, we've, we've had some grim performances mm. up there uh, they somehow Certainly under Karanka, I thought they, they had Derby's ticket, actually. Yeah. He, he, sussed, he sussed Derby out uh, when he was there. He knew how to play them, he knew how to stifle them. Uh, Derby liked to play with a playmaker. Uh, uh, George Thorne or, or Omar Mascarell, I think, was one. And basically, Karanka used to just drop his second striker. When Derby had possession, trying to play off and back, he'd drop his second striker onto the playmaker's toes so he couldn't get it, which ended up with Rich or Keogh or someone else eventually just launching a ball. Mm-hmm. So Karenka was very, very cute. Whether Gary Monk can do that, whether he's got the personnel to do that, I, I don't know. Uh, but it's, it's always it's always a tough game. They're not spectacular middles, but but they're still very difficult mm-hmm. to beat. As I say, I wasn't impressed with them at Leeds, but you know they could have got out of that possibly with with a draw in the end. Uh, very competitive. Uh, and it's often very cold. <laughs> do you have some non-fingerless gloves that you wear? Do, do the top of your fingers not get well, cold? Well, it's interesting that because I was out to type. Yeah, yeah, I know, but yeah. you can get some now where um, you can yeah. still use like a yeah. the, the I was mouse out, pad with gloves. Put that on your Christmas. Yeah, I was out shopping I've got some. with my uh, in my better half, and she, she spotted these gloves, <laughs> and they were fingerless gloves, but they had the mitten bit that. Yes. Important, and then went over, and she said, "These, these would be better, surely." And I'm thinking, it's going to be interesting banging away on the uh, on the uh, laptop with these. Might make some sense. <laughs> Actually, it probably would make a lot more sense than, than what comes out of the laptop now. But uh, fingerless gloves are essential. Uh, well, I'd be interested to see everybody's reaction if you turned up with mittens. To be honest with you, <laughs> well, yeah, I think you could pull it off. I think it? I probably could. Yeah, but uh, they are they are essential, essential to to have. Uh, <laughs> uh, along with a uh, extension lead, yeah. Just start talking about essential things in the laptop bag. The you don't time. wear yeah. that. You don't wear the extension lead. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. We just use that. But, so yeah. that's been it's one a of our best as well. It's a useful useful tool. But, but fingerless gloves, yeah, are, are very good. But they've got to match your scarf. 
Just, sorry, we're doing our fashion now, aren't we? But they have to match your scarf, you see, and I've got ones that match my scarf as well. So it's it's all, it's all part. I don't throw this thing together. You know? I give it a lot of thought. You'd never I mean, believe it. Some some, some believe of my critics tend to think I throw all this together, but I give it a lot of thought. Go on then. Anything else? Any other tips got, of the press box? Chris Chris is good with hats. I've got a good, yeah. I've got a uh, got a nice warm winter hat. Yeah. that'll be coming out soon, I think. Yeah. yeah. But my fingers yeah. have been on since September, you know. July, wasn't it? I think I've worn them in July. <laughs> yeah. I certainly wore them in August. So, uh, but no, it's uh, as I say, I, I like it in Middlesbrough because it was it was great one season because uh, we were sat there because the press box is right at the back of the stand, so you're quite yeah. high up, you know, out of breath by the time you get there. <laughs> But you could see a big ship behind the behind the far stands, right? Yeah, that, I do remember. Yeah, that, that it parked, yeah. Okay. not behind parked. the stand. But, right, <laughs> it's not the right park. term. I'm not sure it's the right term, but, but yeah, it was spectacular. That. Traffic attendance just veered it into. You may be the first person to describe the location of Middlesbrough football ground as spectacular. With all due respect to Middlesbrough, see the huge ship. It was higher than the stand, actually. Yeah, because you could see it like above the stand. It was great. Derby were poor again on that day, I think. But that's what stood out for you. That's it. But they've not. They've not. I'm not checked the record, but they don't. It doesn't feel to me like they've got a very good record there of late. I don't think. I've seen them win there, and that's in, in sort of recent times. So it'd be that type mm. of game again, you know. If you can come out, I say, if you can go to these places like Norwich, like Leeds, like Middlesbrough, and come away with something, and, and go right back to the start, don't we? If you come away with something from those games, it has to be seen as a positive. Yeah, yeah, lovely stuff. Right, well, on that on that ship, that ship has sailed, and all that. Ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> right, anything else that you wanted to add? Any other fashion tips that you just wanted to? No, we let the listeners get to these. Uh, <laughs> Chocolate well, no, you're not anymore because <laughs> you know. After the uh, disrespect that you gave them at the start, I think I'll uh, I'll take them back. Well, if it, well it's been a long trip for you <laughs> to take them back. They will have melted by then. <laughs> Lovely stuff, right, gentlemen? It's been a pleasure. Nice to be back. Nice to be among your company again. Cheers. Uh, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, in the meantime, you can obviously follow everything that we do on social media. We're on Twitter at DarbyTelDCFC on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash DarbyTelDCFC. You can keep up to date with all the Rams news and views on our website. That's www.darbytelegraph.co.uk. And the podcast is on both Audio Boom and iTunes. Just search for It's Black and White. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.